0: Ladies and gentlemen, live from the world's most beautiful city, San Francisco, California, Ring Top, your inside look into the world of boxing and mixed martial arts.
2: To the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Check it. This is your inside look into the world of combat sports. Straight up, and you probably already know this, but my name is Pedro Fernandez. I am the reigning, the defending, the undisputed heavyweight champion of the radio airwaves, having defended that title off for better than three decades. And so straight up today, we're talking about the world heavyweight champion, Tyson Fury, talking about being a fat guy, talking about retiring. One more fight. The rematch with Klitschko. Set. We'll talk about that. The summer rematch, of course, in the UK for the World Heavyweight Championship. How about this? Bad news in the fight scene, folks. Floyd Mayweather wants to make a comeback. Please say it ain't happening. Please say it ain't happening. He wants a nine-figure payday to come back. I don't think he's worth six figures, but the bottom line is, a lot of people are paid to see him fight. I have no idea why. The bottom line is, the con has been on. It's been on for a long, long time. You people people keep biting the Mayweather cheese, sort of like, sort of like reminds me of the Kool-Aid at Jamestown. Remember that Reverend James Jones gave those people the Kool-Aid and they all killed themselves? Well, guess what? You Floyd Mayweather followers, almost about the same thing. But this is Ring Talk Live Worldwide, so we've got Welterweight to talk about as well. Victor Ortiz and Andre Berto doing battle last night on Fox Sports, and of course, a card on Showtime featuring the Darrell Brothers Take taking back Spike TV Friday night. All kinds of boxing to talk about. Hour number two, we'll take in the world of the USC, Bellator. We'll talk a little, uh, little Spike TV, TV. Uh, talk about Bellator MMA, folks. Spike's starting to look a little good. If things get steady, it'd be great. But I've got open phone lines. If you'd like to join me, you can. 1-800-878-PLAY. That's 1-800-878-7529. You can hit me up on the Twitter thing, too. The address is at Ring Talk. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide, brought to you by the World Boxing Organization. Check them out online. WBO Boxing.com.
3: I get that urge to feel you.
4: Just touching you and loving you makes everything right. Here comes the decision now. Let's listen. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. Call
5: 877
4: 499 my The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So cancel the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call
5: 877 499
4: my At just $24.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call now,
5: 877 499
6: my
7: Boxing is an unnatural act. Because everything in it is backwards.
3: You want to move to the left, you don't step left, you push on the right toe. To move right, you use your left toe. Instead of running from the pain, like a sane person would do, you step into
0: it. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. <laughs>
2: Mighty Horns of the Tower of Power bringing us back from the break. Tower of Power has a new lead singer. I kid you not, he's like the 20th guy. We'll get into that in a later episode. Of course, Ring Talk Live Worldwide, the Tower of Power is our house band. Check them out, towerofpower.com. Well, James DeGal, they call him Chunky. I don't know why. He's 23 and one fourteen kilos. KOs. He uh, successfully defended the IBF super middleweight, a 168-pound title last night, against a a, a guy named Porky Medina. So I guess how serious can you call a guy that's Porky Medina? Thirty-six and seven now, thirty KOs. Of course, that was in D.C. at the D.C. Armory. Scores were one fifteen, one thirteen, and one seventeen, one eleven. Uh, twice. The bottom line is the gal's not all that great of a fighter, but people think he is. I uh, tend to uh, think not so. The Darrell brothers. They were in action, of course, on Friday night. Remember the Darrell brothers? Darrell brothers like were this were this freak, these freaky twins, and of course they came out of Flint, Michigan. They were all that. Bad water's coming from where, where the government's, you know, poisoning the kids. I mean, John Oliver went off on this. Rachel Maddow went off on this. I mentioned it months ago how the, the water is orange coming through the, uh, through the through the faucet, and they're billing you for it. You're getting bills for orange water with lead in it. Anyway, the bottom line is the guys from that town, I'm talking about Flint, Michigan, and not Michael Moore. The Andre, Andre and Anthony Durrell, former WBC Super Middleweight champion, Anthony, they call him the dog Durrell, 29 one now, 23 KOs, took out a pretty tough guy and collabed Truax. They call him Golden, but he wasn't Golden Friday night, now 26-3-2. It was a round one knockout. I mean, he, he dropped him with a barrage of punches, floored him again, and then it was all over at a minute and 49 seconds. So you've got to give uh, Durrell some props here because Truax, I don't think he'd been lit up like that, not like the White House Christmas tree, not by anybody formidable anyway. Uh, and he's fought some pretty good guys. So the bottom line, is said, is a pretty good win for uh, the one Darrell brother. The other Darrell brother, of course, I'm talking about hmm, Andre, the resurrected one. The call Darrell, of course, he was the 2004 Olympic bronze medalist. Andre Ward's best friend. Remember Battle of the Andres? They were both going to fight in the 2004 Olympics. So they flipped a coin with each other. And Andre ended up. Andre Ward ended up fighting 178 pounds, which was like 15 pounds above his natural weight, and he still beat everybody. He still won. He still won. He still won the Olympic gold medal. When he went over there small, when Gary Radnich at Channel 4 here in San Francisco was on KMBR with me at the time, he doubted me. He said I was chilling for the hometown guy. They didn't have much of a chance that I was just, I was just hoping and praying and wishing and hoping, and and it wasn't, listen, this wasn't some uh, 1960s love song, okay? This was, this was Andre Ward, the man who never lost a fight. Never lost a fight, folks. That crazy split decision he lost over there when he was like 11 or 12 years old, that was a robbery. Outside of that, he's never lost a fight. Undefeated as a pro now, 29-0. and 0. Of course, taking out the Colombian a few weeks ago at the Oakland Coliseum. Looking to hook things up with Sergey Kovlov. Speaking of Sergey Kovlov, he will be going in July, July the 11th in Russia against a guy named Isaac Chalemba. We'll see, talk about that a little bit later, but that is the WL light heavyweight champion. That sets up, of course, the... Andre Ward fight. Now, Andre Ward has to have one more fight in between to set this up. I thought it would be better if they both fought on the same card. I guess promoters don't do that anymore, but Don King used to do it, and Harold Smith used to do it, and Aaron would do it at times. But, you know, if you're going to feature these two guys on pay-per-view, you put them in, eh, you know, 60-40 fights um, or 70-30 fights uh, on HBO or something like that, and you build up to the fights with both guys winning and winning semi. Somewhat impressively, because, you know, boxing is a choreographed act, folks. I know a lot of people don't think so, but these matchmakers, they're so slick. You know, like these NBA uh, odds makers like Herbie Hoops Land back in Las Vegas that could say the under-over is 100, 109 points and things like that. Well, in boxing, it's about the same thing. Anyway, back to the Durrell brothers. They're back. Andre's back 25-2. and two. He dominated Blake uh, Caparella. Caparella coming in, a once-beaten fighter, but only six knockouts. And I think that's the problem with Durrell, of course, he was the damaged goods one. He was the guy that, that got hurt. And of course, he got dropped and uh, in the round two. And I just don't know if he should he if he should be boxing. Remember, I mean he was off for like a couple of years and there was there was all these neurological nightmares coming out of Flint, Michigan about his health and things like that. But I will say one thing. I will say one thing about the Durrell brothers. They know how to roll a blunt. You're tuned to ring talk live worldwide. You're inside looking to the world of boxing. Some other results of course over the weekend. Uh, pretty good fights on uh, on Fox Sports. I take that back. The big fights were Andre Ward, Andre Ward, Andre Berto. So many Andres. Andre Ward, Andre Berto. Ah, Bottom line is Andre Jarrell. But this Andre Berto, of course, was in action on Saturday night. 31-4 now. Got a revenge knockout against Victor Ortiz. Remember they hooked up in that 2011 Slugfest back. What was that in San Jose? Somewhere. Here. I thought it was in California. Anyway, Ortiz now 31-6-2. A fourth round knockout Saturday night at the Stub Up Center down there in Carson, California. Wow, formerly the Home Depot Center. Ortiz was Ortiz was uh he was you know he he dropped Berto. and he was in the fight. I mean he really was. He was in the fight round two. but Berto came out and knocked him down and then you know finished things up with a right uppercut and then finished him off. So it was all over with before you knew it. And now Andre Berto is back in the mix at welterweight, but that doesn't make him a serious welterweight contender. I mean, I mean, it makes him a welterweight, a welterweight contender, but serious? I'm talking about the top three or four guys now at 147 pounds. Kel Brook, number one, no doubt in my mind, the IBF title holder. I mean, I think he is an outstanding, outstanding welterweight. I mean, you really have to give him some props. Jesse Vargas, pretty good fighter, of course, the once-beaten WBO champion. 147 pounds is where it's supposed to be. The welterweight division is where Leonard, Duran, and Hearns and, and, of course, Mayweather squandered away the walk-away division. Imagine if he had great fights. Imagine if Floyd Mayweather would have stepped up and taken on challenges like Gennady Golovkin. And, you know, I mean, he did fight Canelo Alvarez, but Canelo had three left feet, and everybody knew that going in. It was going to be a battle of just—it was going to be just a battle of, uh, of footwork. I mean, that's all that was. Battle of footwork. And when you look down upon it, Mayweather has done that with everybody he's fought. He's outmaneuvered them. He hasn't really fought them, but he's outboxed them. And I'm tired of watching this boxing thing. I'm telling you, if Mayweather, I'll say it again, if you were an alien and you came to this planet and you came to this planet for one day to see a sporting event and you happened to go in and see a a Floyd Mayweather fight, and you say to yourself, why are these people paying millions of dollars? Why is this guy getting 25, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, $100 million a fight? Why is he getting this when the entertainment level is zip? I mean, if he was a porn star, there would be no money shots. He's dead. He's boring. What can I say? He's been fighting since 1996. Give it up. He's 49 and 0. He has ripped off the boxing public long enough. Boxing fans, you have been ripped off by this guy long enough. I mean, think back to the... Big super fight with Oscar De La was that 2007 2008 when they hit on each other's on and hit hit on each other's arms for 12 rounds. What a stinker fight that was! That was supposedly Mayweather's coming out fight, making him a superstar by beating De La What fight has he had since then that's been an exclamation mark? You tell me what fight has been an exclam- exclamation mark in the career of Floyd Mayweather? It just hasn't been there. It just hasn't been there. And now he wants to talk about coming back again. Of course, he was talking on TV last night and babbling about a nine figure payday and things like that. Well, I got news for you. If there's guys out there that are willing to give him nine figures a fight, more power to them because there are more deserving guys out there. Guys with talent. Guys like Keith Thurman. Guys like the former IBF champion Sean Porter, who lost to the aforementioned Kel Brook. Okay? I think that uh I think that American is still a real good wealth waiter. American, of course, May the 7th, taking on Canelo Alvarez for the Linear World Middleweight Championship. They now fight that at 155 pounds. Are you confused? The world middleweight title is 160 pounds. Then in the 40s and 50s and 30s, this was sort of like the working man's title. You know what I mean? It was a guy down the street weighed 160 pounds. If he got down in weight and he was in shape and he was a middleweight. okay. So the middleweight champion of the world is supposed to be 160 pounds. But not in today's world. Canelo Alvarez, the Mexican sensation, of course, the once-beaten pay-per-view star, the man that's going to headline this card, May the 7th from the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, versus against the uh, thrice-beaten Amir Khan, twice by knockout. But this is for the 155-pound world middleweight championship, which is a little bit confusing to me. But then again, of course, I go back to the days of Ray Leonard, when Ray Leonard made the 175-pound champion Donny O'Lawne come down to 168 and fought him for both belts, 168 and 175, and I think Donny was a little bit. Uh, perturbed, as far as weight was concerned, but when you look at the big picture here, I think it 's Kell Brook at one hundred and forty seven undefeated. I mean, I think he could beat anybody in the world right now, possibly, possibly, with the exception of Mr. Keith Thurman. Of course, Keith Thurman and Sean Porter are going to hook it up in the summertime that 's going to be a great fight. Porter 's one of these guys that I think he 's got unlimited, unlimited talent levels. I mean, you would look at his ability to take a punch, his ability to throw combinations, his ability to fight under pressure. I mean, and he's got a good chin, too. I think Keith, Kerman's, Keith Thurman's a superstar in the making, if not already. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, 1-800-878-PLAY. That's 1-800-878-PLAY. The uh, Twitter thing is Ring Talk, R-I-N-G-T-A-L-K. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. We're on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, and the American Forces Network. Next up, we are from the WBO heavyweight champion himself, Mr. Tyson Fury.
6: 800-949-8707, 800-949-8707.
5: Sports Byline's library of more than 12,000 interviews is a treasure. I'm Ron Barr, and we want your help in protecting, sharing, and continuing to build this sports interview treasure. We've launched a GoFundMe campaign, so please go to sportsbyline.com funding and donate so you can be a part of preserving and continuing to build this unique collection of sports interviews. In appreciation for your donation, support, and telling others, we're going to provide everyone who donates with a link to a special commemorative collection of the Sports Byline Interview Library. This commemorative collection will change every month, and you'll have access to it with your supporting donation of any amount. So go to sportsbyline.com slash funding and also tell your friends. You'll be helping preserve, grow, and digitize the Sports Byline Interview Library so that today's sports fans and those in the future will forever be able to enjoy this treasure. Thank you for your help and support.
7: That was the shot which did for Danny Williams, that left uppercut. And he's certainly trying to tee that one off. Good right hand again from Harrison. Good body shot. A little bit of a word in the ear of Michael Sprott as he leaned on. Big fight here at the Wembley Arena since David Hay against Carl Thompson. And remember, Carl Thompson won that one, upsetting a bit of an apple cart so far as plans of the Hay management were concerned back in september 2004 that and harrison has had uh, good wins here. made his debut here actually back in 2001 he's had good wins as well oh good shot left hand right into the body left over the top and
0: down goes sprot in the opening round it was a perfectly timed straight left but it looks a it, john has... oh good shot great left hand from sprot harrison is down
7: and is that the end of the story i don't think he's going to get up it's all over the left hook is winning for my Shot that was, what a shot and look at the uncontrolled jubilation, 74 year old Jim Evans, is hugging the man, he's guided here and in the ring, Audley Harrison is still flat on his back that was a stunning left hook from Michael Sprott and where does Audley Harrison go from that yeah. one, and there was Harrison
5: looking to tee off and then whoosh, oh John I mean it was a roundhouse left hook and you just couldn't have, time, he couldn't have timed it better. And he felt it all the way to
8: his boots, John.
0: Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. Boom.
2: Flashback of the uh, Olympic gold medals from the U.K., Audley Harrison. Had him on the ring, had him on the show a few times over the years. Pretty uh, pretty strange dude. A little off the wall dude. Let's go back to the results of last night before I get to the future, of course. This is Andre Berto. Pretty impressive winner over Victor Ortiz, Ortiz and him going back and forth, going up and down. Uh, In the uh, light heavyweight, a battle of light heavyweight guys at 175 pounds, Thomas Williams scored a second round K over Edwin Rodriguez. It was one of those knockouts, like, wow. I mean, wow, ba boom. It was over, two minutes and 59 seconds. It was over when it landed. I just put it like, it was one of those punches, those highlight reel punches, and when it landed, ba boom, it was like all over. No doubt about it. Question, no question. Anyway, also on the card, Uh, The end of the superfly, Fernando Montiel. I used to call him superfly. He was 115-pound world champion at one point in time. I mean, he won divisions, I think. He won championships at four or five different weight classes. Maybe take it back, three or four different weight classes. And was considered pound for pound the best fighter in the world maybe five, six, seven years ago. He was really right up there, number one, number two, number three, somewhere around there. Debatable. I mean, you could could put him in any of those slots. But now, 54, 6, and 2, Got drilled last night in the very first round. This guy, uh, Jorge Lara, 28 0 now with a couple of draws and 28 KOs. What can I say, this guy can punch. It was all over a minute and 37 seconds in. Not good for the former champion, Montiel. Of course, Superfly needs to walk off into the sunset. Some fights from across the pond, of course. WBO, number one light heavyweight contender I've talked about. Dominic Bosell now 22 0, only eight knockouts. Uh, won a 12, take the back a TKO in 11 rounds for previous unbeaten Dennis Loo, coming in the 19, he'll obviously leaving 19 and one big puncher though, 18 KOs. That was Saturday night in Spurgru Germany. Of course, that sets up a uh, light heavyweight title fight with him and the winner of the Andre Ward Sergey Kovalev fight because that is going to go down. There's just no doubt about it, folks. That is the super fight. of super fights, no doubt about it. Andre Ward and Sergey uh, and Sergey. Uh, Sergey Kovalev, I mean, man, the Battle of the Undefeated, Ray Leonard and Thomas Hearns, Duran and Leonard, uh, Hagler, Hagler, I mean, Hagler, Leonard, call it what you want. It's the Ali Frazier of our time. This pits the two best fighters in the world. I mean, let's talk about that a little bit later, but the two best fighters in the world going to go at it toe for foe. Anyway, July the 9th is scheduled for the UK. Tyson Fury is going to defend that World Heavyweight Championship against Vladimir Klitschko. Of course, Vladimir Klitschko dropped that 12-round decision last year to... Uh, Fury, he's 64 and four now, went undefeated for 11 years, but he's 40 years old. And Tyson Fury is only 27 years old. But Tyson Fury, well, he's got other issues. Let's hear from him.
3: Does that look like a fighter's body? Shame on you, my friend.
2: <laughs> Shame on me. Shame on you. You
3: Shame let a fat man beat you.
9: Can't stand yeah? it. Shame so on me. you know, a
3: fat man's beat him and relieved him of all his belts. <laughs> I don't take boxing seriously, as you can tell. I don't care about boxing. Thanks. It's mainly about getting a few quid and putting the food on the table. That's it. That's your professional. And if that's all a professional can do, then God help us all. Because what's the point in practicing your job for 40 years if you can't beat a fat man? So credit to him if he can beat me in the rematch. This time, he beat a fat man.
2: Boom. Wow. Okay, that's <laughs> Tyson Fury putting it all on the line there, 25-0. and Says he's going to retire after this fight. Says he's not even really serious about training. He's sort of going to pull the uh, not train too hard for this fight. You know, it's not a big thing. Let me tell you. The fat guy will be in shape or in decent shape come uh, July the ninth when they hook it up. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he's 25 and 0. He's got a lot of pressure on his shoulders right now, whether he wants to admit it or not. Sometimes he's good with the pressure. Sometimes he's not good with the pressure. I mean, he's erratic psychologically, emotionally sometimes. Sometimes he's high. Sometimes he's low. Just call him a bit manic if you want, but the bottom line is, right now, Tyson Fury is the WBO and the World Heavyweight Champion. at 25-0, and 0, of course, and he is 27 years old. Vladimir Klitschko, I said, 40 years old. Big age difference there. 13 years. 13 years on boxing. How about doubling that? If it's 13 years on boxing, make it like 25 or 26 years in real life. That's the difference in these two guys physically. Now, I know that Mr. Klitschko puts himself or gets himself in excellent condition. I mean, Dr. Steelhammer, call him whatever you want, but he's in rugged shape each time. You've never seen an ounce of fat on that guy, win or lose, any of those fights. He's won or lost. Never, ever has stepped into, shape, into the ring out of shape. But it's not going to be enough. It's just not going to be because now he's got a young guy that moves around him sort of like a featherweight. Doesn't hit all that hard, but he moves around, and he's pesky, and he hits him here, and he hits him there, and he hits him from angles. And Klitschko now with these two left feet. Much like Canelo Alvarez, two left feet against Floyd Mayweather, Vladimir Klitschko has two left feet, and he can't move around anymore. And when he does get in position, he cannot pull the trigger. At 40 years old, listen, there comes a time in your life, I guess when it was me, it was in my early 30s, but there comes a time in your life when the the target is there and you cannot pull the trigger. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? What I'm trying to say is there's a split second where somebody's chin is available or their solar plexus or or they lifted their elbow up and their liver is available for a shot. And you go to throw the shot, but it doesn't get there in enough time because guess what? You've lost that split second, that millisecond, that, that nanosecond. If you lose that in the world of combat sports, that is it. So when the guy started getting close to me, hey, it was time to go. Now, Vladimir Klitschko hasn't been hit hasn't been in a rough fight really in a long time. Of course, hasn't lost what? Before this fight with Fury in 2015. 15, he hadn't lost since what, 2013 or something like that. So he he had been off the deck a long time, hadn't been knocked down. I mean, he was getting knocked down and knocked out there, of course. Ross Purity put him down early on when he got tired, remember? And then Lehman Brewster put him down, and then and and, and Corey Sanders put him down as well. So he's been knocked out three of those four losses. The fourth loss, of course, to Tyson in 2015. And this sets up the big fight. Not Mike Tyson. Tyson Fury, the gypsy, the world heavyweight champion. Now let's go through the other top 10 heavyweights in my mind, okay? I think the, number next, the next guy, you got to give him some props because he is an American, and he has sort of stepped up a little bit. Deontay Wilder, getting a little bit better as far as his level of competition is concerned. 36-0, 30 KOs. I like him because he's offensive. In other words, he goes out there and he throws blows and he throws them with bad intentions. And when you're six foot seven or six foot eight and you throw punches with bad intentions, things happen. Things happen. exciting things happen. Klitschko didn't throw punches with bad intentions. That's why I never understood about Vladimir Klitschko, is that he was so big, but his punches never looked like they had any ferocity on him. Like, ah, you know, like you want to get a guy out of there. But, you know, Deontay Wilder. He comes to fight. He's throwing. Not the greatest guy as far as mechanics against, and skills are concerned because you know, he's a late bloomer to the fight game. He'll be 36-0, and the 2008 Olympic bronze medalist from, what, Mobile, Alabama. Big fighting capital there, Mobile, Alabama, about it, no doubt about that. But Wilder, 36-0. and I think the, the, the uh, real prize, though, in today's heavyweight division just might be Anthony Joshua. Current IBF title holder now, 16-0, and okay? The guy's magnificent. I mean, he's 16-0 with 16 wax. He's looked good in just about every fight he's had. He took apart Charles Martin. Of course, Charles Martin, not not highly regarded, not thought of, but he had this IBF belt because he pulled it off because the other guy got hurt and hurt his knee, so he ended up walking off the IBF champion. And then his people, uh, I'm talking about Henry Tillman and those guys down there in L.A., and Carson, California realized, you know what, we've got to cash in on this guy right now because he's not going to be the next Mike Tyson, he's not going to be the next Michael Spinks, he's not going to be not going to be much of anything. This is cashing in on him right now. So we'll take him over across the pond, of course, to fight Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua went in there and just lit him up like a White House Christmas tree. I mean, the fight wasn't even close. He hurt him in the first round, finished him in the second round. I mean, big puncher. Big puncher was was Mr. Martin coming in. What he had, 21 whacks and 23 wins with just a draw, and no losses, but it wasn't enough. Another heavyweight I like on the card is the the Cuban. I'm talking about Luis Ortiz. They call him a WBA champion. I don't know what the story is with him. 37 years old, though. A southpaw out of Miami, Florida. Aren't all Cubans out of Miami? Just about Miami, Cuba. Anyway, 25-0 now. He's a mean, mean guy. He's got some beautiful uppercuts. The way he works inside I mean, I haven't seen the heavyweight work inside like that maybe since maybe since Mike Tyson. Speaking of Mike Tyson, been in the news of late. All positive. Love it when Mike's in the news, make them positive stuff happen. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking at the world of boxing and mixed martial arts, brought to you in part by the World Boxing Organization. Check out the WBO on their website, WBOBoxing.com or follow them on Facebook. This is Ring Talk live on Sports byline, iHeart Radio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, and for all the troops out there, AFN Radio.
1: I'd like you to meet, perhaps, ladies and gentlemen, the next world's champion of the Lexington YMCA. A grand young man. I hope the next champion of the United States. Why not? Cassius Clay.
3: Man I was
1: surprised to learn you know because I've gone along with the with the, the cliche you know that uh, that you're all a product of uh, poetry and everything but I didn't know that you were United States Olympic boxing champ 1959 and 1960 oh, national not golden and United gl- State Olympic champion world
3: olympic champion I had to, Oh now you've I gone get, too far Before ah, that's where you were I had to beat everybody in the United States to qualify for the uh the whole... Are you the world's? The world, The old metal one. Right. Well, well right. Now, how about right. that? Where'd you start boxing? Why did you start boxing? I started it? boxing in Louisville, Kentucky. Why? why? Two years ago. Tell me so, something. Nice Twelve years ago. ago. Someone stole my bicycle. Now, that's right. And I see. said that if I ever catch the guy, I'm going to beat him up. But I never did catch him. You never did. No, but... And you feel that you uh, you possibly could... could uh, do I'm win. getting ready to fight the roughest and the toughest man in the world. Sonny, listen. Right, and you feel you have a chance. If he dreamed he beat me, he would apologize. Yes. Uh, uh, you, you really feel that strongly about <laughs> hey, it? That's right, Sonny. Listen, rather take off his sport coat, soak it in gasoline, and run through hell before he fights me. Uh, I
1: know he's backing away all the time. I see. Uh, listen, uh, why don't you play for him? Uh, you'd, you'd rather play than fight with him, wouldn't you? <laughs> oh, that's not. Uh... <laughs> lover not a fighter <laughs> <laughs> well why don't you play and let, let the cash is... because if you don't if you can't fight you know if it doesn't work out you can only get a job with Burma yeah, shave i think the way he was rhyming would, would you, you like me to play yeah that would be a beautiful
3: combination All, All
1: right, right. Yes. well you, you recite something and i'll make up the music uh for a change do the one about you oh, okay. <laughs>
3: Of Cassius Clay, the most beautiful fighter in the world today. He talks a great deal and brags the and of a muscular punch that's incredibly speedy. The mystic world was dull and weary. With a champ like Lisbon, things had to be dreary. Then someone with color, someone with dash, brought fight fans running with cash. Boxer is something to see, and the heavyweight championship is his destiny. This kid fights great, he's got speed and endurance. But if you decide to fight him, increase your insurance. This kid's got a left, this kid's got a right, and if he hits you once, you're asleep for the night. While the ref counts 10 You pray that you won't have to fight me again For I'm the man this farm is about The next champ of the world There isn't a doubt Here I predict and I know the score I'll be champ of the world in 64 If Cassius says a mosquito can pull a plow Don't ask how. Hitch him up
0: Now more of ring talk with Pedro Fernandez
3: people gotta understand this here uh, we all can have dreams but the
2: dream will never chase us we have to chase the dream come on folks guess who no not me who's singing this song you tell me? Any clue? Benny King and the Drifters, maybe? No. Cassius play, 1964. Yeah, you put this down on vinyl. Bottom line is, he used to drive through Miami Beach with a chick named D.D. Sharp. She used to have a record called The Mashed Potato or something like that. And they had a turntable in the back of his Cadillac. And it had a record on it. It was like, you know, a portable turntable. And he played the record over and over and over again. Both Mashed Potato and this song, Stand By Me. Of course, Cassius Slay's only delve into the world of uh, vocals. Because he wasn't all that bad, but he wasn't that good. Joe Frazier was horrible. God bless Joe Frazier, rest his soul. But, man, he was a horrible singer. And guys like Jimmy Ellis, the former WBA champion, had a heck of a voice and things like that. But Larry Holmes tried to sing as well. They all tried to sing. At some point in time, for some reason... I just don't know why. Let's go back to these heavyweights because that's what's happening now. Heavyweight boxing, folks, it's really gotten exciting. Of course, with Fury and Joshua, and I mentioned the aforementioned Ortiz now. But although he's 37 years old, he's 25 and 0, and he's got the most. He's probably exciting. Beyond uh beyond any heavyweight right now because of the fact he throws those little short uppercuts inside. I mean sort of like little Roberto Aran stuff inside. He's Cuban, so he's learned how to fight inside. He's learned how to fight inside real well. I mean some Cubans can't fight inside at all. All they can do is fight on the outside. They're amateur boxers, of course. They're born, bred, and uh, and raised to go three to five rounds, and that's just about it. Of course now. Um when they turn pro, a lot of them just can't make can't make the step over. I mean some guys have, but a lot of guys haven't. Speaking of Cubans, um, I will give this guy his props. Luis Ortiz got a hell of a body, 37 years old, but there are rumors and he has been popped in the past, I've been told reportedly, for taking Flintstone vitamins. You know what those are right? Flintstone vitamins. Yeah, not a good thing. Talk about anabolic steroids. Well so we've got let's round out the top ten in my mind, okay? And there really isn't a top ten because Guys like Erkin Tepper who's fifteen and oh out of uh, out of Europe, I don't consider him much, although the box rack has him in the top ten as far as the computers are concerned. Lucas Brown at twenty four and oh out of South Wales is a guy that can fight, but how well can he fight? I mean, you know, we've got to he's gotta step up to the plate and fight somebody really good, maybe come over to the United States, we'll see what's happening. That'd be a great fight. I think him and Lucas um him and Luis Ortiz both share a portion of that WBA heavyweight title, if you can imagine that. So if those guys could figure things out. And maybe Joshua and could challenge the winner of the Tyson Fury, uh, Vladimir Klitschko fight. I mean, things could come together. And Deontay Wilder, well, he could take on guys like Kubrat Pulev. Of course, he's a once-beaten fighter out of out of Europe. And I mean, this is what they've got to do. They've got to stay active. They got to be knocking people out. If you want fights to happen, super fights to happen, you've got to present entertaining fights to people. People. They want to. They have to have a storyline to them. In other words, you want to watch the fact Tyson Fury and Vladimir Klitschko. There's no storyline there. The biggest storyline is Tyson Fury's big gut. That's it. Will we be able to lose weight in time to get in good shape? Get good enough shape, of course, to fight Vladimir Klitschko on July 9th. Remember when James Buster Douglas weighed in at what 246 and a half pounds against Buster against Evander uh, Holyfield in October of 1990? That was what like eight or nine months after beating Mike Tyson in, February of 1990, of course, the meltdown in Tokyo. But he, he came in 246 and a half pounds. And all of a sudden, something happened. When they announced, you know, Buster looked a little fat. And when they announced his weight at 246 and a half pounds, people started running out of the room. And I didn't know what was going on. I thought maybe, like, somebody pulled out a gun or something like that. And somebody was waving around the gun because this guy, Michael Katz, a former award-winning writer for the New York Daily News, he, was, he had a neck brace on. He had, like, neck issues. So he always wore this neck collar, this this, you know, like one of those collars where you sprain your neck or you have a whiplash or something like that. He wore that 24-7 for many, many years. Anyway, he goes sprinting out of the Mirage ballroom where this weigh-in took place in October of 1990. He goes running out, and I can't figure out why until I found out he was running to the betting table. He was running to bet on Evander Holyfield When you saw that, uh, that, that Buster Douglas, of course, coming in a very trim, what, 229 pounds, 228 pounds, for Mike Tyson in February was 246 pounds and looking soft. And, of course, then there were the stories that, that I broke when I went down to the uh, <clears throat> the, uh, the sauna in the Mirage Hotel. And, of course, you know, at the same time, Buster Douglas was losing weight in the sauna and ordering California pizzas from the California Pizza Kitchen in the Mirage Hotel. I kid you not. Very undisciplined going into that Defense of the World Heavyweight Championship. Of course, that sort of lost him, co- cost him a lot of luster because had he been able to put up a good fight, had he been able to beat Levander uh, Holyfield, and he was a bigger guy. He did have the skills. I mean, he had the build that Riddick Bow had, and Riddick Bow had the build to beat Evander Holyfield. So I thought James Buster Douglas in his prime, in great shape, knowing that he had it all together both mentally and physically. And this is what's so important, folks, about physical conditioning, is that if you're not at your, your maximum peak, when you're standing in the center of the ring, Or when you're walking up the steps to get into the ring or somebody's separating the ropes for you, guess what? There's this little guy that jumps on your shoulder, and he talks to you, and he's not a good guy. He's not a friend of yours, man. He's an enemy. He's telling you, hey, man. You know, remember those uh, those uh, those little uh, intimate affairs you had with a girlfriend a few days ago when you broke, you broke training and did that? And how about the times you didn't run a couple of times during the last couple of weeks? And, you know, you sweat in the sweat box to get down to 139 this time when you didn't do it the natural way, running and things like that. So these things sort of add up to you. When you show up unprepared or you show up less than 100% for a fight, And you're not there emotionally. You're not there physically. You just they just they roll in hand in hand. I remember the great Alexis Arguello. He told me in 1982, I was preparing for my first Golden Glove Championship. He told me, Pedro, if you using his accent there, Pedro, if you if you prepare yourself the best physically, if you get yourself in the best shape physically, if you run the big mountains, if you do the swimming, if you do the sparring, if you do the bag work, if you get yourself in the best condition you can physically, you will be in the best condition emotionally. And emotionally, for an athlete, is so, so important, folks. If you're not, I mean, look at these guys. Look at a horse. If a horse isn't feeling good on a Sunday, no matter how good the horse is, he ain't going to run the greatest race in his life. Athletes are the same way, especially heavyweight athletes. So I'm looking for all kinds of excitement out of the 2016 Olympic, uh, I take that back, 2016 heavyweight class. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, of course, this is your inside look into the world of boxing. Next coming hour, we'll talk uh, a little mixed martial arts here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network live all across America. This is Ring Talk live worldwide on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, CRN2, AFN Radio, iTunes.com, Stitcher.com, TuneIn.com. And guess what? Live from the Sports Byline studios of the city of By the Bay, This is Ring Talk.
10: Financing is easy with your credit card or PayPal credit. Call now. 1-800-427-0183. 1-800-427-0183. That's 1-800-427-0183. 1-800-427-0183.
1: That's 800 296
0: 906 Now more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. You name the game, but anything you start, I figure to finish.
3: Brooklyn
2: coming back. Good old Brooklyn, man. Of course, Brooklyn back in the day when my aunt lived there wasn't much. It was sort of like the hood, but not Brooklyn's not the hood anymore. It's like San Francisco. Upscale, bottom line is Boxing Returns there, July the 30th. Talk about Peter Frampton. No, not Peter Frampton. I'm talking about the singer Peter Frampton comes alive. Carl Frampton comes alive when he tangles with Leo Santa Cruz. Of course, that is uh, Al Heyman. That'll be the promotional uh, edge for Leo Santa Cruz coming in. But you guys are going to clash at 122 pounds. Both guys are undefeated. That's July the 30th at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York, where they're having a lot of fights. you got to give them some props, man. I mean, Al Heyman... People don't like Al Heyman. I, I don't. I haven't got no problem with Al Heyman one way or the other. I mean, the fact that he's putting fights on television and people are able to watch these fights, access these fights, without having to dip into their pockets and spend a lot of money, I'm all for that. But can the project, can it evolve? Can it last? Can it sustain itself? Because if he started out with $450 million in front money and seed money, and they say he's through half of that now. I mean, who, is the people, who are the people that say he's through half of the stuff? How can somebody be counting how much money he's spending and things like that? How does anybody know? I mean, they really don't know. They really don't. Nobody knows where this guy is going. He's a Harvard graduate. He's not some schlub that went to City College, okay? He knows what he's doing. He's got a lot. He's a smart guy. He's an intelligent guy. And right now, he's got some of the boxing world on the run. Deservedly so, yes, because of the fact that they haven't put together a lot of good fights. But I think his fault is, is that he likes that his first fighter was, uh, his, he, he listened. His first fighter was a good fighter in in, in the late Vernon uh, Vernon Forrest. I mean, he really was. He was a good fighter, no doubt about that. But that's the type of fighter that 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 Al Heyman likes. He doesn't like the Mexican sluggers and things like that. And I think the Mexican sluggers are what bring a whole lot of entertainment to the game. So I think he needs to be a little bit more diverse in his approach as far as promoting boxers, boxers are concerned. I'm not trying to say that African American fighters don't deserve to be headliners. They do. They're some of the best fighters in the world. Okay. But the bottom line is you need to mix it up a little bit and black fighters don't draw that well as far as the demographics are concerned. Now, why do I say that? Because I have promoted before and I know what I'm talking about. You never counted when we used to promote boxing cars here in San Francisco we only figured that box that black boxing fans would represent about maybe five, maybe eight to ten percent at the max of the entire boxing uh, audience there for like a thousand seat ballroom. Even though, even though we've had three or four black fighters and a couple that were local on the card, they just don't come out and spend the money as far as the live events occurring. That's just the way it is. Speaking of live events, guess what? The W.B.L. is going live across the pond, folks. I'm talking about Tokyo, Japan. David Carmona of Mexico, undefeated. Take that back. 25 and 2 he can crack a little bit he can crack a little bit he's taking on nanoya inoy he is the wbo 115 pound champion he is a killer folks i kid you not the guy won uh belt at 108 then skip went to 112 they say he can fight at 122 pounds 126 pounds he's destroying people sparring partners i've talked to said they don't want to go back there no no how much money you want to give these guys he can't pay a guy. listen. When you've got guys running from a 115-pounder, as far as sparring is concerned, he must hit hard because the only guys I remember running from, uh, as far as sparring partners, running from guys were concerned were Mike Tyson when well, Mike Tyson was upset. When Mike Tyson was ticked off, you were not the guy to spar with him because he would punish you. I mean punish you without a doubt. But Illinois defending the W-150-pound title, and that goes down to Japan, made the F against the twice-beaten David Carmona of Mexico. This has been Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Of course, this is hour number one of two, live on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. We come to you each and every Saturday. Uh, at 11 a.m. for an hour of boxing and MMA. We mix it together, Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Then we come back on Sunday for a two-hour show, 11 a.m. Pacific time, an hour of boxing, an hour of mixed martial arts, an hour of, we'll mix, take that back, the second hour we'll mix mixed martial arts, pro wrestling, a little boxing as well. We'll have a a smorgasbord of sorts, in hour number two here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. But wait, we come back Mondays, Sirius XM Satellite Radio at 5 p.m. Pacific time. So all those live times, you can catch us at uh, sportsbyline.com, iHeartRadio slash talk. We're all over the place, folks. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Stay tuned. I'm in the same sports byline affiliates for hour number two of Ring Talk Live Worldwide. If not, until next time, peace, love, and lots of respect.